You're listening to the Screeners Podcast Network. From the big screen to the small screen and everything in between, this is the Screeners Podcast, where all media is appreciated, but none is safe. Hello and welcome back to the Screeners Podcast. This is Daniel. This is Chad. And I'm April. And we are back. We've got a double feature for you tonight. Some good, a, a good wholesome episode for you tonight. We're going to be reviewing Frozen <laughs> Two and a beautiful day in the neighborhood. So uh, it's just a, it's just a whole heartwarming episode for you. But before we dive in, as always, we want to remind you to follow us on social media, connect with us there because we want to hear from you guys. And you can also leave us a review uh, wherever you're listening to this episode you can go ahead and rate and review the show that would really help us with visibility so if you like what you're hearing go ahead and do that hey guys i didn't get to join you on the ford v ferrari episode so i just wanted to chime in real quick and say that that is one of my favorites of the year uh oh this the episode is one of your favorites of the year thanks daniel that's so nice (laughs) also in addition to that it was one of my favorite movies of the year and i just wow yeah it's 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 my number three of the year right now uh, wow. Really, it is. It what is. did you like? What did you love about it so much? What made it? What made it click for you? To me, it was just pure entertainment. I hmm. thought it was. It was so much fun. Um, like it was just a blast to watch. It was energetic, and I do not care about racing in any way, shape, or form. Um, mm-hmm. But it was a blast. It was moving, but it was just. It was just so much fun. So well crafted. So well directed. I think it was Christian Bale's best performance in a long time because he was actually surprisingly likable. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. yeah, I just uh, I just really loved that movie all around. So Very are, are cool. you on team Best Picture nom? Uh, I think it deserves a Best Picture nom. Yes. Do okay. I think it'll get one? I'm I'm. It's it, it's possible, but I don't think it will. Okay. Yeah, you can't ask Daniel questions like that about <laughs> the Academy because he can't divorce his feelings from what he thinks they're going to do. <laughs> oh no, absolutely not I always can. not. I mean, you can, but I mean, like when you say "should it get one," you're yeah, it's definitely should, but probably won't. Right. That's that's where I land. I, I it probably won't. I think it'll get best editing nomination. I think it'll get both sound uh, sound categories. And that's probably where it'll tap out. Uh, I mean, I hope for more. That would be amazing. I think it deserves a Best Director nomination. Best you don't think nomination. Bale will get nominated for a performance? Is nah, it too crowded this year? Yes, it's super, super crowded, especially because they both went lead. Both Matt Damon and Christian Bale went lead. Yeah. Um, and I don't mm. think uh, I don't think either one's going to break in. But I, I do think Bale, uh, I'm not sure if he'll make my top five of the year for Best Actor, but uh, I think he's, he's it's a f- phenomenal performance. I think it's amazing. Yeah, he was great. Although when I watched that film, I definitely took away my impression was that Bale was the lead just from the amount of screen time that he was there. But I understand why they would both both be in there. All right. Well, I just wanted to chime in with my two cents there because uh, I didn't want to want that to go by without without mentioning how much I love that movie. And with that, we're going to dump with that. We are going to jump in to our first review of the evening. A beautiful day in the neighborhood. I'd rather dump into it. it sounds <laughs> Hello, neighbor. Mr. Rogers, I'm here to interview you. It is so nice to meet you. You okay? Profiling Mr. Rogers. Lloyd, please don't ruin my childhood. This piece will be for an issue about heroes. Do you consider yourself a hero? We are trying to give the world positive ways of dealing with their feelings. Like what? You're 
many things you can do. You can play all the lowest keys on a piano at the same time. And that was from the trailer of A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, the new picture by Marielle Heller, who is absolutely on a roll mm-hmm. and who is who has delivered what some would say is a very unconventional biopic and i don't even know that it is a biopic but uh the imdb description says that it's based on a true story of a real life friendship between fred rogers and journalist tom janode who wrote a piece on heroes but the film itself is based on the piece from esquire by tom janode and the process that it took to create the the piece and then the resulting friendship that happened uh after it so let's do this Uh, it's we have to at least mention the fact that very much like we've had in the past where you've had two volcano movies, two Armageddon kind of movies, you would never really think we're going to have two Mr. Rogers movies. Mm -hmm. But we have, in fact, had two Mr. Rogers movies. Last year, we had the phenomenal documentary, Won't You Be My Neighbor? And now it's followed up with A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. So I do want to at least ask both of you before you jump into your review of this one is give me your very brief thoughts on last year's documentary and where that landed for you because I do think a lot of people are going to contrast them and even more so I think that people that aren't aware of what kind of movie this is or what it's based on may be surprised that it's not a little bit more traditional biopic about Fred Rogers. So April, let's start with you. Tell us what you thought about Won't You Be My Neighbor and then tell us how it compared and what you thought about this most recent film. Okay, so I loved Won't You Be My Neighbor. That movie, that was one of my favorite films of of all films last year uh it moved me his story was amazing like i grew up watching mr rogers neighborhood so i was all in i thought it was just the message that the world needs so i was a huge fan which led me to be super excited about this film especially when i saw that tom hanks was playing mr rogers i don't think you could find a better person to embody the real life character of Mr. Rogers. So I was all in and super excited about it. I will say that the the scenes where Tom Hanks is on screen, I thought were magical. He played Mr. Rogers so, so well. But I was surprised that this film is not really a Mr. Rogers biopic. It was much more focused on the journalist character. And and I thought that storyline was fine. I didn't, there was nothing about that storyline that really moved me in the way that I was expecting this film to move me. So I actually left the film overall a little disappointed because I don't think it compared to Won't You Be My Neighbor. I don't think it embodied a lot of the same uh, nostalgia and feelings and emotions that I felt from watching the documentary. But with that being said, I think the filmmakers had a very difficult job because Mr. Rogers' show went on for decades, and how do you pick a you know a sliver of that to make a, a narrative film uh, is challenging. So it, I, I understand why they went with the journalist route, uh, and it was unique some of the ways that they edited it and some creative things they did, which I don't think would spoil it, but I can save it for later. Um, so yeah, I'd say overall. It was it was good, but I a lot of it kind of fell a little flat for me. But to be fair, my expectations were really, really high going in. 
Mm, so overall disappointment. Yes. Overall disappointment. Okay, Daniel, let's go to you. Same question. I mean, I do think it. I think it's worth noting that Daniel, in a very prescient moment on this on the podcast, as we were predicting our Oscar wager, this film came up, and Daniel mentioned the fact that this director had done "Can You Ever Forgive Me," mm-hmm. a movie that probably felt a little different uh, to some people and and kind of got ignored even though it was uh, extremely well-crafted and some excellent performances. And we had the conversation of, will the subject matter of this movie be strong enough and sweet enough that maybe some of the director's natural tendencies are overcome? And I don't mean that in a negative way, but that the message and feel-goodness of this would come through to win audiences over. So, Daniel, that was was interesting that you brought that up because Mm -hmm. some of the, I don't want to say criticism, because the movie does sit at a 96% on Rotten Tomatoes, and it also has, I think, a 94% uh, user score. So it's really being, people really like the film a lot. So I am interested, Daniel, uh, in your opinion from that perspective as well as, do you think that uh, that, that actually happened? Yeah, well, uh, just to, to answer, answer the earlier question uh, of my thoughts on Won't You Be My Neighbor, um, we, we definitely talked about it quite a bit this time last year, uh, because that was my number four film of the year last year. I... I absolutely loved Won't You Be My Neighbor. I probably watched it maybe four times last last fall. Uh, I watched yeah. it in theaters, and then I, I by myself, and then I, I showed it to my wife and said, we've got to watch this, and uh, and showed it to multiple other family members. Uh, and, and so, yeah, I, I, it's just that movie, that movie moves me uh, mm-hmm. so much. Uh, I mean, it brings me to tears every single time I watch it. And for me, it's not nostalgia. I have no nostalgia for Mr. Rogers. I don't think I really grew up. I mean, I knew who Mr. Rogers was, of course, but it, that wasn't one of the shows that was really on a lot growing up, or at least that I don't. I don't have strong memories of it. So it's not nostalgia for me. It's just watching that, watching that movie, the documentary, I should say. Uh, I'm just overcome with um, his love for people, his love for humanity, his love for kids. And it, it, I just I want to have that same love for people, so it really moves me every single time I think about it. I'm getting I'm getting a little emotional right now. So I, I was excited for this one. So so Chad, you asked, what what was your question? Sorry. Well, just with with Mario Heller, how we had talked about how Can You Ever Forgive Me didn't really connect uh, as well. And we wondered if the marriage of her sensibilities as a director with the subject matter of Mr. Rogers being this pure, sweet kind of thing would work. Yeah, I'm not sure I have a full answer for that. I would say that I think, you know, I've only seen, I think Can You Ever Forgive Me is the only other film I've seen from her. I didn't see The Diary of a Teenage Girl. Um, she loves long movie titles. <laughs> I think I think her uh, her sensibilities as, as a director, from what I can tell so far in her career, is to subvert expectations. Um, yeah. And I think she has absolutely done that here. Now the question is whether whether that's a, a good thing or a bad thing in this scenario, but I think there's no there's no question watching this film that she subverted expectations. Uh, April talked about that, right? And and for April, it's it was a disappointment that she subverted expectations, but she didn't deliver just the the standard traditional biopic, right? So, 
I, I was very excited for this film. Like I said, I didn't really grow up with Mr. Rogers, but have, have such a familiarity with him now, thanks to that documentary. You know, there's nothing to really spoil here. I, I, I agree. I want to kind of allude to the same things April was alluding to, just about the way the film is, is approached um, that I didn't know going in, so that's why I don't really want to spoil it, even though it's not a plot point. But just um, the, the way that this film is shot and directed and crafted over, as, a, as a whole has a has a kind of unique take a unique perspective it's presented the story is presented in a very unique way um with just some some of the uh transitions and a few things that happen throughout the film including the opening uh and so i loved the unique spin that this story has it was very different for this genre and it helps us place uh it, it helps place us in the context of mr rogers in a really special way and so i really enjoyed that and tom hanks is so 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 good here i actually had a hard time picturing him I, everybody kept saying they think he's perfect for the role perfect for the role and i really had a hard time getting on that train just from a visual standpoint i don't think they look very much alike sound or act very much alike so i was just kind of curious how this would play out and and i'm glad to say i was totally wrong he he is he was so lovely and really captured the empathy and compassion of of mr rogers really really well and he is without any question he is the best part of this film there is no question about that i'd be shocked if either one of you disagree with that but that's also one of my complaints for the exact same reasons that april said he is not the star of this movie um it's matthew reese who plays the journalist who interviews him and and he's the star here and his his story is front and center and he's good so it's it has nothing to do with him being poor in the film or anything like that he's good in the role and his story did did move me um uh, a, a few times but his story is much more predictable and it's a story that we've seen so so many times so it never really surprises us except for when he's with rogers so that side of the story is kind of weak and so the movie just needed more of mr rogers because every Mm -hmm. single time he's on screen he's such a unique person a unique human being Uh, his life and his career is something that we are not used to seeing Mm -hmm. and so that stuff is so much more interesting to me than the stuff going on in the journalist's life so to that extent i would say i i i do i do relate to april's disappointment with the film i don't think i i wouldn't i wouldn't characterize my opinion overall as disappointed just uh i do wish that there was more mr rogers here because there are some some scenes with him specifically with mr rogers that are that are really moving there's a scene in a diner that is Again, it's unique for the biopic genre. Some of the things that they do, some of the way they craft that scene and space that they give is beautiful and really, really, really moving. I just wish that the entire film uh, could capture that same spirit, and I'm not sure that it did. But all that said, I still very, very much enjoyed this movie. Um, It it did move me uh, multiple times throughout the film. So it's, it's a wonderful, moving film anchored by a lovely performance from Tom Hanks. Okay, so it sounds like you're more positive than uh, April. Won't You Be My Neighbor was not in my top 10 of the year last year, but it's only because I did a really dumb thing last year for my top 10 list that I had never done previously, which was I made it. I had so many narrative films that I just wanted to highlight that I made the decision not to include documentaries, <laughs> just so that when we gave our list, I could also say, now here are these two documentaries that would have been in my top 10 normally, and they were Free Solo and Won't You Be My Neighbor, and it would have been way, it had been in my top five for sure, for all the reasons that have already been mentioned. The film is remarkable because it gets to 
the magic of of Mr. Rogers, which was just this undying commitment to goodness and kindness and creating empathy for for others. And it's impossible to watch that without being moved Mm. strongly in that way. And so it remains one of my favorite documentaries ever. So I went into this one very much like like uh, like you, April, thinking and and honestly, the marketing really leans into especially the first trailer. The marketing really leans into the idea that this is going to be the story of Fred Rogers. And I don't think it's a spoiler to say that that that's not really true. Mm -hmm. It's the story of the journalist Lloyd Vogler. And that's okay in and of itself, but it does it does for sure take a moment to reorient to the film. The structure of this film is really unique and interesting from the standpoint that it essentially, and this is not a spoiler because it's not going to give away any plot details, but it essentially opens as if it is an episode of Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. Then it consistently breaks the fourth wall from that point mm. moving forward at different times throughout where it's literally talking to the audience at home, whether that's through someone literally talking to the audience or if it's through a moment that they're trying to convey an emotional message. Uh, the, the movie definitely goes to some emotionally abstract places at times mm-hmm. where it just uh, turns a mirror on you as an audience member and lets you uh, look at yourself, uh, which is one of the great gifts that Fred Rogers had. And so just from a construction standpoint, this film for me, it took me... I didn't know if I liked that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it took me a while to kind of get my arms around what we were doing. I liked it from a conceptual standpoint. I liked it from an execution standpoint. It just wasn't what I anticipated this would be. And and we all know, we all watch film like crazy and, and we love film and it's our passion. So I'm not, certainly not campaigning for a more traditional approach. I just don't know emotionally all the time that those devices connected like they wanted them to so but once i got past that it was it was very much a a story where it almost wasn't for me like mr rogers was the person of mr rogers it was almost like this film created the spirit Mm. of mr rogers Mm -hmm. where every time that he was on scene he was like this mystical presence that came in and 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 did the right thing or said the right thing or the guide for the journalist and i don't mean that to in a negative way as much as it didn't feel like i was getting the real character except for one scene in particular and for me this is where i really felt like i wish that this movie was more of that there there's a scene in here if you don't want to be spoiled on a very minor thing minor plot detail skip forward a little bit but there's a scene where they're talking and at this point they have had two or three uh, interview sessions they've talked on the phone and Lloyd's character looks at Mr. Rogers and just kind of offhanded says wow it must have been really difficult growing up uh, as your sons uh, your children must have had a had a, a hard time being your son and in that moment for me, we finally get that first glimpse of the humanity that Mr. Rogers had on the side. Because we hear it said throughout the movie quite a bit that he's not a saint. He's not perfect. He gets mad just like everybody else. But in that moment when he's confronted with some of the challenges that he's had with his children, Tom Hanks is so magnificent in that moment, seeing all the emotions going through his face before he he replies very measuredly that his first son and his second son, I'm not going to go into the specifics, but the way that they had to deal 
deal with them. And that moment, I wish, was more of what this movie was. I wish it mm-hmm. was more of the journalist and Mr. Rogers developing a friendship. In real life, I, I learned after the fact that, in fact, after this piece released, they developed a true friendship that lasted for the rest of Mr. Rogers' life. And I just wish that those conversations, not to not to deify Mr. Rogers, but to actually see the real truth of Mr. Rogers, how he mm-hmm. dealt with his emotions and how he was trying to always remain constantly positive in the face of a world that was not and all of those things were much more interesting than what we get here which is exactly right daniel you you nailed it in that the story arc of the the journalist is so predictable we've seen it a million times from literally the very first scene where they established the conflict of that character's life, mm-hmm. we know what that payoff is going to be. Mm-hmm. Now, we don't know the details. And and honestly, at the end, when when certain things happen, I was moved. Yeah. I, moved I was moved um, for sure, but it wasn't surprising in any way. So for me, I, I'm not... I'm probably in between the two of you. I'm probably not quite as negative to say I was disappointed on my zero to five stars. This is a four star for me. So it's a very well-made film. I love that the director took some bold choices creatively to try and subvert our expectations. But emotionally, the way it landed was just not as strong as as I had hoped, just from the standpoint of it was so traditional, the, the area that they focused on. And we only got a little bit of where I think the true magic was, which was the development of the relationship between Mr. Rogers and the Vogler character. I will also say that Tom Hanks remains a living legend. I mean, yeah. this he is so delightful. And I read a piece that said, and it's funny when you when you think about this now, it said Tom Hanks was actually very nervous once he agreed to play this part because he realized as he began to do research the weight of what it was to play Mr. Rogers. And so he said it really took him a while to get over it. But he is just marvelous in this film. I yeah, he should have been nominated for nominated for Captain Phillips. He better get nominated for this if not win it. He's he just he is not. just I know that's what I'm saying. I know. Uh, Would it be he, supporting? He, It'd have to be a supporting yeah. though because mm-hmm. it's he's hardly it not really. Uh, right now, I have actually moved him out of my predictions. I I'm, I don't think. I don't think he's going to break in, to be honest with you. I think he'll be one of those. He's going to get some nominations, like precursor stuff, and then he'll be he'll be like, he'll be like the the. Uh, there's always like those like three or four people fighting for like the last nomination, and that'll kind of be him this year, I think. So I don't. I don't I'm going to burn it. I'm going to burn this mother down, Daniel. I, I can't take it. Well, it's because I think it's because <laughs> the film as a whole. I think the reaction that the three of us have had, even though we're mostly positive, we're all kind of like a little bit underwhelmed i think and so mm-hmm. i think that's the general consensus of the film itself like there the film's not going to get any other nominations maybe an adapted mm-hmm. screenplay nomination but even that I, I i wouldn't i wouldn't expect to happen so because the film as a whole isn't a big going to be a big player in the awards race this year it kind of hurts his chances too so yeah right. that makes sense yeah so it's just he definitely he my personal awards he's he's up there near he's probably my second favorite perf, uh, supporting performance this year uh, next to Shia LaBeouf in Honey Boy which is a just brilliant oh I want work. to see that so bad oh my gosh it's my second yeah. favorite movie of the year it is it's brilliant uh. anyway yes I I agree Tom Hanks is just phenomenal and and also let's not sell Matthew Reese short I think he does very good in the he's job he's fine yeah mm-hmm. yeah I agree um, I agree he, he does very good here he's just uh, the story 
itself isn't like you like we've, we've just all been saying it already it's just you know, it's so just on the nose and, and easy and just yeah, yeah. it was I, I think i was confused as to why they decided to they did a lot of fictionizing of the the journalist and they yeah. like they gave him a different name completely mm-hmm. like i think it would have felt more emotional impactful for me if they would have kept the real character's name and put some kind of true life slide at the end of you know they became friends or you know something that made it more real because i think the combining of the fiction with with the actual real life mr rogers with the fact just kind of made it confusing and i honestly didn't care about the writer like i just didn't and i just wanted to see more mr rogers and i didn't see very much of him yeah and part of that too is because and I, I, this is going to sound much more negative than i mean it but they essentially make mr rogers like a superhero family therapist in this thing it is a series of kind of emotional ups and downs and you're just waiting on mr rogers to get back in there <laughs> I, I agree like he, he doesn't serve a lot of purpose in the film other than counseling this journalist which is right. nice but it almost makes him not his own person. He's yes. he's right. he's, he's exactly. there only to serve this other character. When That's right. we as the audience are only there for one thing. Like let's let's be honest. Like we are there to hear and see and spend time with Mister Rogers, and we yeah. don't get any of that. All we get is him being, mm-hmm. like you said, a counselor. Yep. So it's it's just yeah, it's just I, disappointing. Yeah, I think it's interesting too. They say it in the movie, and then I even they interviewed the director, and she said it too. How they don't like when people call Mr. Rogers a saint because they make his embodiment unattainable. But I feel like they made him unattainable Mm, in the film because they didn't really show any real side of him other than this perfect, like, version. Up until that la- up until that scene right. about his children, which is what I was saying, that this movie really kind of makes it more about the spirit of who Mr. Rogers was instead of who he was as an individual. And that scene, I just was so delighted with that and just wish there was more there for sure. So we've got a, we've got a big episode this week. We're not going to jump into spoilers on this one. But before we go to our review of Frozen 2, let's go around the horn and let's make our recommendations. April, let's start with you. Uh, your options are like they are every week. Should people see this in the theater? Is is it theater worthy? Should they rent it? Should they watch it on a service they already pay for like Netflix or Amazon? Or should they skip it altogether? I don't think the magical moments in this film are enough to warrant a theater going. I think it's Ooh. worth I think it's worth a rental. Okay. The second tier recommendation. All right, April. Stick it to your guns. And if I recall, you were the you were also the most negative on Ford V Ferrari as well. So April's had her grumpy pants on this wow. last two shows. It's probably because okay. I'm not sleeping, but <laughs> <laughs> What about you, Daniel? Same question. What's your recommendation? Uh, as much as I really did love the film, I'm I'm with you, Chad, on a on a five scale. It's it's a four out of five. It's a very, very good movie. But I would say there there isn't anything inherently, you know theater worthy there's a lot of good movies out in theaters right now so it's it's worth a watch for sure it's worth spending money on i i would say um i'm right in between theater and rental um you're not going to lose anything seeing this one at home that's that's why i'm leaning a little a little bit towards rental but come on come to rental with me i can't i'm trying to think through this as i as i speak um you know i don't know it's it's a really really phenomenal movie and and tom hanks is just magnetic i think you know as i'm as i'm trying to talk myself through this come on dan oh my gosh make a decision come to the light here's where i'm gonna land here's where i'm gonna land uh i think because of the slow pace of this movie it might be a little easy to tune out at home so i'm actually gonna go ahead i'm gonna lean on the side of theater Mm. i'm so proud of you daniel for making a decision i'm very proud (laughs) 
so here's the thing i don't uh, i don't let the technical merits of going to see a film in the theater i don't let that be the determining factor for me because all movies should be seen in the theater come on people yes. it's a sacred space mm. but outside of the technical aspect do i think that is this movie worthy of your theater dollars and my answer is yes. The performance of Tom Hanks alone is worth it. There are some emotional moments in here. You're, you will probably be moved at some point. As long as you know, going into this film, this is not the movie version of Won't You Be My Neighbor, the documentary from last year. This is not a story of the life of Fred Rogers. If you can, if you're okay with that, then I would say definitely go see this in the theater. So those are our final thoughts on A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. If you agree or disagree, please let us know on social media or send us an email. We'd love to know how you feel as well. And now, unfortunately, I am going to have to bow out of the re review for our next feature because I have yet to see it, although I will. And now let's go to our review of Frozen 2. Far away, as north as we can go, once stood an enchanted forest. You've seen an enchanted forest? Yes, it was a magical place, but something went wrong. Since then, no one can get in or out. Wow. Papa, that was epic. What would I do without you? You'll always have me. Has Elsa seemed weird to you? She seems like Elsa. There's this voice. Voice? What does that mean? Quick question. Is the whole putting us in mortal danger gonna be a regular thing? <laughs> All right, and now we are going to jump into our review of Frozen 2. The IMDb description says, Anna, Elsa, Kristoff, Olaf, and Sven leave Arendelle to travel to an ancient autumn-bound forest of an enchanted land. They set out to find the origin of Elsa's powers in order to save their kingdom. This was directed by Jennifer Lee and Chris Buck and stars Kristen Bell, Adina Menzel, Josh Gad, Jonathan Groff, um, and a bunch of new people this time around too because there's new characters because it's a new movie, the second one. And before we actually talk about it, can we just say that it's broke records again it for did. Disney? Uh, as Shocker. the yeah, it brought in uh, almost 130 million over the weekend in North America and is just killing it. So yep. Disney wins again, and their feats or well, their goal to take over the world. They're doing, doing it. They're doing it. it. I know. I I try to fight it, but that's. I have three years of Disney Plus, so I'm I'm. You I'm bought three in. years. It was that deal. We talked about this. Uh. It was that. It was that deal where it was like pay up front, and it was basically a year free. So like I uh, paid. For, I have a three year subscription, you. but I basically paid for two years. That's a good deal. I probably would. I probably would have done that deal. Yeah. So uh, Frozen Two. It's. Uh, I think it's got a seventy five percent right now on Rotten Tomatoes. Mm -hmm. So three out of four critics like it, and then obviously audience is a big fan. I think it's right. like ninety something. So pretty typical. Daniel. Why don't you tell me your history with Frozen mm -hmm. and what you thought about Frozen 2? Did you take your boys? Are they old enough to see it? 
they they uh, we haven't taken them to a movie that they've watched yet. Like they're okay. thirteen months old, so okay, so they're pretty young still. Yeah, they're young. So like we we took them to movies when they were babies, like you know sleeping in their in their car seats. But right, right. Um, but we haven't taken them to a movie for them yet. So I think we're still probably a couple months away from for that. I, one of our boys would definitely sit through it. Uh, the other one would probably not. So, yeah. so I did not take them, but um, I definitely sat in a theater full of children who were loving this movie. My thoughts on Frozen before before Frozen Two. Um, I should say up front, I, I'm not the biggest Frozen fan. Um, really? I, I, yeah, I like it a lot. I think it's a, a very good movie. Um, I don't think it's necessarily one of the best Disney movies. Um, I, I didn't, you know, I don't even like it as much or connect with it, I should say, as much as I do some other recent Disney movies like Moana or Wreck-It Ralph. Um, mm. And so, or Wreck-It Ralph 2, which I absolutely loved last year. So, but but I still enjoy it. I mean, the the, the songs are, are instantly iconic. There is no denying the iconic soundtrack. And so I like that. You know, we had, we listened to Disney music around the house and, and the Frozen songs definitely play on there. So I wasn't over the moon excited for Frozen 2, but I hope for at least more of the same, you know, because I, I did like the first film and I think it delivered. It's good. Um, Olaf is still hilarious. Uh, mm-hmm. The animation is stunning for sure. I mean, you know, this is an expensive movie and you can tell, I mean, it looks really, really good. And, and what I love uh, the most about these two movies is the genuine like sisterly love. I think it's yeah. really organic and, and unconditional. And so I think that's really, really good. Their relationship works really well. And, and um, Anna's a great character as well. She's kind of a different spin on a Disney princess. And so I, and so I, I like that. So uh, as a whole though, I think it's, I think it's just, good the movie is good i have little bad to say about it but it's just sort of forgettable to me um mm-hmm. it kind of went in one year and out the other in fact the music is is very good but it doesn't come close to the iconic soundtrack of the first film so even that feels like a step down i think they're trying to make into the unknown the new let it go and it's not yeah. even gonna come close uh, i think show yourself is a, is a much better song but even that i don't think is gonna really catch on so the story is good they definitely tried to build out this world which i appreciate them you know trying to go outside the walls of of, of arendelle and not really just kind of stick into the same thing but the story is i'm curious you you watched this with your with your oldest daughter right yes she's she's three and a half so yeah okay and i felt like the story was kind of convoluted Uh, i was wondering how kids would really follow the story did did she follow it (laughs) She follows it as well as probably any movie. Okay, okay. I mean, she's still not, she doesn't fully comprehend everything that happens in every, like, she's still pretty young, but I think she just, she loves Anna and Elsa. Right, And so literally just them being on screen is enough for her. She's, she's, yeah, she doesn't, she doesn't have very high standards. (laughs) Okay, all right. Well, I'm just, I, you know, I, I thought the, I thought the expansion was good. I thought it was uh, I thought it was just a little abstract at times, um, mm-hmm. and and a little a little convoluted, like I said. So I I don't know. I, I just felt like it was a little unnecessary as a whole. Um, I don't want to come to come down on this film too hard though, because it is enjoyable. It's an enjoyable movie. Mm-hmm. I love the message of the film about accepting differences and discovering who you're meant to be and your real self, and that's that's all great. So it's a fine, enjoyable movie. It, it doesn't quite have the mental staying power of the first film. I I'm mm-hmm. you know I. I I'm kind of 
I only saw it, what, probably three or four days ago, and I, I'm still having a hard time kind of remembering the specific plot beats of the film. <laughs> um, but, you know, but it's good. So what did you think? Yeah, so I, I the animation is beautiful. It really it, is. Yeah, it's stunning. And I, I thought the soundtrack, I don't I agree, I don't think it compares to the first film, but I think there's some solid songs here. We've been playing the the Frozen 2 soundtrack pretty mm. much nonstop since we saw the movie. So and seeing my daughter just dance around and <laughs> loves the new Olaf song and the Kristoff song. Right. Personally right. my funny. favorite. Yeah, the little love music video he jumps into. Yeah, so um, animation's great. I think the soundtrack was great, but I don't think it was just a little convoluted. It was super convoluted. Yeah. The there I was, was trying to be nice. <laughs> yeah, no, it was. I I literally left and I was like, I think my three year old understood this story better than I did hmm. because if you were to pick it apart, a lot of it doesn't make sense. Hmm. And I don't want to go into spoilers or anything, but it's just very convoluted. And there's no antagonist. Yeah, yeah. So it was really the the goal was always a little bit confusing as to what was actually happening. They put in a lot of exposition in the beginning. Like they crammed a lot of story into this film that was brand new that I mean for me didn't work, but I think for kids, you know, kids don't pick apart things like we do and they can accept things yeah. that don't really make sense. So I still think it works. And overall, I would still say it's worth seeing in the theater just for animation and, and a lot. There's a lot of really fun bits in it for sure. Um, yeah. So, I mean, for me, it wasn't my favorite. And I don't think it compares to the first one at all. I think the first one, unlike you, I really loved the first Frozen. Mm. I think uh, as far as a, the story and a plot, you can't get much tighter than that i mean it was almost a perfect uh story like writing wise there was not really there weren't any plot holes and it was just very concise and just really good film overall so yeah so overall that's kind of my it doesn't compare to the first frozen but it's not terrible it's just not uh eh. i mean it doesn't make sense but it's disney so they don't have to make sense because they'll make 130 million dollars over the weekend (laughs) because on and elsa and olaf and Kristoff and Sven are in it yeah so, and that $130 million is just U.S. I think it made something like 312 globally just in its first weekend. So it's yeah, it's taken off for yeah. sure. Yeah, no, it's it. They're they're doing fine. Yeah, <laughs> I, you know it's good. I like it's good. Um, I think everything Kristoff does with him like trying to propose. I think that whole thing was really funny and, mm-hmm. and sweet and felt natural than the story. Uh, like when he's trying to propose on the um. Uh, whatever on the on the 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 horse buggy thing that they're they're, they're riding in yeah um that was really funny uh, so there's there's a lot of humor here and olaf is still you know he still steals all the scenes yeah. you know he like recaps the first film and that was hilarious and, yeah so like all, all that stuff is all that stuff is good um but the, yeah there was just so much stuff about the story that just didn't make sense like how long were those people in the mist like sterling right. k brown's character like did he was he a kid when he was stuck and then now he's aged? Like, I, I didn't quite, I, I just didn't understand. It was all confusing. And then how yeah. did, how did, wait, are we doing spoilers? Are we talking specifics? Uh, yeah, we can do light spoilers. <laughs> okay, light like, spoilers. Yeah. Okay, so how they go on this whole journey, Elsa sings a really high note mm-hmm. and suddenly wakes up the spirits or whatever and then has yeah. to go to them because they're calling her. How did that, how did that happen? And right. why are they just now calling her? She's yeah. had these powers her whole life. So lots of questions. 
Yeah. It was just a lot of story, a lot of backstory, and then more mm-hmm. backstory piled on top of that. Right. Um, there was also yeah. a lot of really convenient things that happened in the film of like, oh, yeah. Like, oh, no, we're all going to die. Oh, look, a literal rope to save us. Right, like, right. You know, like that happened a few times. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It definitely felt like they didn't make this film because they said okay here's this great story that we need to tell to continue the story it was okay frozen is like one of the biggest animated films of all time you're making a second one and you better make it quick Mm -hmm. start writing (laughs) you know it didn't feel inspired it just felt like you know here's what we got to do right well and they had what six years i think since the last one so they had a while they um, did did. but i mean i know animation takes longer than your typical film but I just, I just barely, I just, nothing about it stuck with me, really. Like, the, 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 the things I think of, like, I, I don't know. There's just, there's just not much there uh, that, yeah. that really kept me locked in. Um, I don't think the characters really changed all that much from the first film. I do like the way that this film ended, which we, we won't, don't need to go into spoilers. But I like uh, kind of um, Anna and Elsa coming into their own mm-hmm. um apart from each other which i think is 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 really a good a good change for those characters and so yeah. i think i think the ending is really strong um i just i just didn't really care about the journey to get there to be honest yeah well and really the first frozen film ended so perfectly there was really nowhere for that story to go so they had yeah. to come up with something completely different and i'm sure they'll probably try to do a frozen 3 with the <laughs> success of this one so i don't know they actually left it open enough where they could go somewhere with it uh unlike the first one so hopefully the third one if they ever do it will make more sense yeah yeah but yeah i agree and i just i i honestly i just wish the songs were better Uh, i haven't listened to the soundtrack since so maybe i need to give it yeah i think i think if you were to listen to the soundtrack uh you'd like it more because i uh after i left the film i was kind of down on the music too i was like Mm. "Eh, it doesn't compare um, but when I went back, I've listened to the soundtrack now a few times through and it's, it's definitely better than my first reaction to it. And I remember gotcha. feeling the same way about the first Frozen too. I think the more you hear something too, the just the more you like it. Yeah. It becomes, and, and that's why yeah. I think the Frozen music has taken on, you know, such a life of its own because it was, you know, so massive. I mean, Let It Go is just like mm-hmm. one of the biggest songs of the 21st century. And so, oh, yeah. so it's pretty powerful. What, what do you think uh, about, about kind of this new area era of Disney? Is this, is Frozen like your favorite kind of modern Disney movie? So I don't know that it's, that it's Moana. my favorite. Hold on, I'm like Moana, not Zootopia, like outside Rick of Ralph. Pixar, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, hold on, let me see. What? So what are what are those movies? Oh, so Moana, Wreck-It Zootopia, Ralph. Wreck-It Ralph, Wreck-It Ralph Two. Um, I loved Wreck-It Ralph, and I love Zootopia. I say I would yeah. like. I liked both of those. Big Hero Six is another one. I wasn't um, a big fan. Big fan of Big Hero Six, <laughs> but yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know. I think Frozen, the first one, is definitely up there as one of my favorites. But okay. now I have more of a personal connection to it because I have two daughters. Sure. Right, so right. I I want I want them to have that relationship between the two sisters. And oh, yeah. also my my oldest daughter, um, she's three. She loves Frozen. Like <laughs> loves Frozen. She has a frozen room. She's got Elsa Anna dolls everywhere. Like she was been awesome. Anna for Halloween like two years in a row now, so she's a big fan. So I, 
I have a personal attachment to it, but I also get annoyed because I, I've heard Let It Go <laughs> like I probably a thousand times by this yeah. point. So so anyway, is there anything else you want to say before we give our recommendations? Not really. I just, you know, I I wish I didn't feel a little, a little disappointed by it. Yeah, well, that's how I felt about A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. <laughs> um, okay, well, why don't you go ahead and uh, same uh, parameters as before. Mm. Is this theater worthy? Is it rental? Stream it or skip it? Yeah, I, I think um, I, there's just too many good movies out in theaters right now to to say that this is the one you need to go see. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, obviously, if you have little kids, of course, mm-hmm. go take them, sure. But uh, I think I think this is rental worthy. Um, stream it on Disney Plus whenever it gets there. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I I think I think it's rental worthy. Yeah, so I think the animation in this. Uh, if you're just an animation fan in general, makes it theater worthy. And if you have kids and are just needing a family movie to go see over Thanksgiving holiday, I it's definitely theater worthy for, for families, for sure. If uh, you don't have kids in tow, there are better movies, for sure. Yeah. So that would, that would be a stream it, I think. Well, that wraps up our episode. Don't forget to check, out, check us out on social media. Next week, we will be reviewing The Irishman and Knives Out. So another jam-packed week next week week. I'm excited for both of those. So it'll be good. So we hope you all have a wonderful Thanksgiving and we will see you next week. And that's a wrap. You've heard what the screeners had to say. Now you be the critic. Head over to screenerspodcast.com and let us know what you think. See you next time.